The History Man with Terry Kringle. Hello. We don't see much of the Royal Navy in Manx waters these days. But before the First World War, Britain had the mightiest battle fleet in the world, and showing the flag was one of its duties in peacetime. This is why there was great excitement ashore when on Thursday, August 1, 1907, the Navy's Channel Fleet steamed majestically into Douglas Bay and dropped anchor for just such a visit. In bright sunshine, right on time at 10 a.m., six great battleships, the Dreadnoughts, which were Britain's first line of defence, came up past Douglas Head in two columns in line ahead and anchored at the north end of the bay. The flagship was HMS King Edward VII, named for the ruling monarch. The others were Britannia, New Zealand, Hindustan, Illustrious, and Swiftsure, nearly all of them armed with twelve-inch guns. The people of the island, and also the summer holiday-makers, crowded every vantage point. They had never seen anything like it before. And there was excitement overlaid by patriotic fervour. There was also a social stir among the great and the good of the island, because the commander-in-chief of the Channel Fleet was Admiral the Right Honourable Lord Charles Beresford. He had a distinguished service record, but, more importantly in social terms, he came of a noble family, and he was a close friend of the King after whom his flagship was named. All this prompted the Mayor of Douglas, Councillor Joseph Sharp, to charter a tugboat to take him and the rest of the borough council members out from the Victoria Pier in order to be the first to extend an official welcome to Lord Charles the moment he dropped anchor. There was even a film cameraman on the tug from a company known as Vernon's Bioscope to film the events unfolding. I would love to know if the film has survived somewhere. Otherwise, the only visual record of the fleet's visit was pictures taken by Douglas photographer Thomas Kegg and a pen-and-ink drawing published in the Isle of Man Times. Meanwhile, the Admiral would have seen the tug heading for his ship, and he was ready for it. There was a guard of honour for Mr. Mayor as he mounted the deck, and Lord Charles greeted him and the civic party on his quarter-deck, telescope under arm, and bull terrier at his heels. He was geniality itself, and in his great cabin he welcomed his guests with drinks and an exchange of speeches. In his speech the Admiral extended an invitation for the public to visit his ships, adding, I hope you will send plenty of ladies. When his guests had left, he set off in his steam tug for Douglas Harbour to be greeted by First Deemster Moore and taken off to visit the Governor, Lord Raglan, at Government House. Meanwhile, hundreds of people took the opportunity of paying to be taken out to see the fleet at close quarters, while its crew members were given plenty of shore leave to enjoy themselves. Uh, the examiner said the behaviour of the Blue Jackets was irreproachable. The visit was a huge success, and the fleet eventually moved on to do the honours similarly at Liverpool. But war with Germany was looming, and the nature of modern war itself changing. I doubt if anybody saw the shape of things to come just over two years later, in 1909, with war only five years away, when a Frenchman, Louis Blériot, flew an aeroplane across the English Channel, home of the Channel Fleet, in just 37 minutes, and made a safe and unchallenged landing on British soil.